Hello and welcome to Worship Conversations by Awakened Generation, where we are passionate about equipping and empowering the church in all things worship. AG is a worship missions organization based in Singapore, and we have a vision to see a movement of creatives and leaders transformed, equipped, and empowered by the Holy Spirit to live out the Great Commission and impacting nations for His glory. You can check out our music and worship school at www.awakengeneration.sg. On this episode, we discuss the church's call to worship. Church is often defined as a building for Christian worship or a body of believers. But what is the relationship between the church and worship? What is the significance of worship within the busyness of church life? Hi, I'm Delphine and today in the studio we have Kelvin. Hi everyone. Alright Kelvin, we have Ellaris. Hey, good to be with you guys. And our first ever guest on our podcast, Pastor Ian Wong. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, hello. So, um, Pastor Ian Wong, um, I did a Google search about you <laughs> and I found nothing. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Um, I didn't find your LinkedIn profile, <laughs> which only showed that you worked at uh, Kamyan Methodist Church. Mm. Um, and also, from our interactions, found out that you like tea, not coffee. That is absolutely true. That's an abomination. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you I will pray us? for you. <laughs> <laughs> would you tell us a bit about yourself um, so our listeners can get to know you a bit? Uh, I've uh, spent the last uh, 18, 19 years working in Kamyan Church. That was my first job when I graduated. Felt the call of God when I was young to serve Him. And uh, after I graduated, there was a... A day, 24th November 2001, where God said, now is the time to serve. And since then, I've just been working in church, mostly with young people. Started with that and then also doing worship. And then spent many years kind of figuring out how can an older church with older and younger generation walk together mm. uh, as one. And uh, I think that yeah, I spend most of my days um, doing that, walking with older ones trying to connect them with the younger ones and uh, trying to find out what God has for us as a family. Yeah, that's what so I do. Thank you. Maybe Ellery's can share how you met <laughs> Pastor Ian about that. You know, I, I actually can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember the first time that, that we met, which actually maybe is a good thing because it just shows like, well, this person has We're always sort of been present in your life and but don't know the beginning from the end. But we just had a, a conversation earlier where we were actually thinking about it. And um, apparently it was when, you know, 10 years ago, some of you may know that I was a singer-songwriter, artist, and, and I think I was, I was um, doing a, uh, a show at uh, this place that was called Love the World Cafe at the Singapore Flyer. Yeah, so I think Ian and Eileen were on a date or something. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps they came. They, they came for that show. And what's interesting about them is they they probably I think they knew me before I was with Calvin before yeah, yeah before Calvin and I were married. So is my recollection correct? <laughs> I think probably the first time was probably because of Chris and Oops. Um, they did a few album launches at at Kamyan Church um, because you know they wanted to use a place that was central and uh, we've always loved and supported you know local singer-songwriters, you know. And so, probably there. And then uh, we went to that uh, event um, for Alarisa's album launch as friends. 
uh, together with uh, a few other friends and it was but it was probably one of the first few times that we we went out as friends and so that's a really nice memory uh, fast forward many years yeah we're married 10 years with four kids so i think you had a part to play so thank you <laughs> <laughs> and then how did you how did you meet calvin calvin right we were doing some worship event uh, at vfc and uh, I knew you, and then I kind of had whispers of, hey, hey, there's this other guy, who's this guy, you know, it came with Alaris, who's that? And so I was trying to figure out throughout the whole thing, where is this guy? And then I finally saw him at the back, I said, oh, oh, that's the guy. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a good impression. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I felt like he's really blessed, and he's also very brave, because uh, the kind of person that I knew you were, you know, the calling and all that on your life, that this man must be worthy and over the years, he has proven to be more than worthy. More than worthy. I'm very blessed, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, <yes>. I'm blessed. <laughs> both <laughs> are incredibly <laughs> blessed. Uh, yeah, to know both of, both of you. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for that, Pastor Ian. Um, of course, like for myself, you know, getting to know Pastor Ian over the years has been a real uh, honor. And you know, as as I call him like an older brother in a way. I mean, he's older than me, way. But more than that, the spirit, the spiritual maturity. And the father's heart that he carries, you know, and, you know, it's not coincident, Delphine, when you look at, try and look at his LinkedIn profile and everything, you can't find nothing because, you know, some of the best leaders that I know, they are hidden mm -hmm. and they carry themselves very differently. And you can tell if somebody's a great leader, it's the life of those around them that are been, been transformed and been affected. And so I, every time I come across uh, Ian and meeting his friends and different people in the ministry, um, you have a lot to say about someone who carries that uh, father figure and really a brother, pastor or heart. Um, you know, a man that's married 10 years before, beautiful children, you know, you can see that, that he's, you know, he, he, he carries a shepherd's heart. And so I really glean a lot from him as well in his ministry and the way how he serves others as well. So very blessed by that, Pastor Ian. Hey, welcome to our show, Thanks. Pastor Ian. Thank you. Um, and yeah, let's get straight into our uh, topic for today. And today we're going to do slightly something slightly different. We're not going to have like an interview where I have questions for Calaris and they just answer and share their heart. We're going to just have a discussion about a topic. Um, and the topic for today we're going to talk about is, is this. The first priority of the church is worship. What do you guys think? I think that is a very true statement because Jesus in the book of John, when he met with the woman of Samaria, you can see the dialogue was about traditions, about rituals, about even race. And the conversation revolved around how you should worship <clears throat> this mountain or this tradition so forth. And yet Jesus spoke very clearly that he say, yeah, those are the things that you do, but it's coming a time and it's now that my worshipers will worship me in spirit and in truth. So the church priority of worship must be in spirit and must be truth because when we worship God, it is bringing his kingdom on earth. It is bringing his authority on earth. It is bringing his rulership on earth so that we may be established in in the realm where God has called us as, as, as sons and daughters of God. And, and if, if we don't know who we're worshipping, then we will fall into other temptation, other rituals or other practices without even knowing that. And, and so uh, the, the church needs to, I think, need to decipher what 
worship looks like in the context of what the scripture says, but also what did Jesus talk about? Worshipping him in spirit and in truth. And of course, one of the well-known scriptures that we dialogue many times is, you know, uh, in Romans 12, one, you know, that um, to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your spiritual act of worship, which means that as a church, when we worship God, when we come together in so-called uh, a church building setting, yes, it is, a church is not just a physical building, a church is a people's group, a gathering. We are presenting ourselves. So we're coming to, to the presence of God in a gathering, we are presenting ourselves as a sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is our spiritual act of worship. And so um, it revolves around our lifestyle. It revolves who we are and in our being. And I think that, that when we are able to gather and do that, He is behold and He is loved for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's my thought. Uh, firstly, I want to uh, say that it's a brilliant statement. Um, I think to frame a conversation with such a statement uh, really reveals the heart of whoever's answering that question. And there's nothing wrong with the statement because it, it really does, you know, like anybody who is a Christian would agree, yeah, the first priority of the church is worship. And then, as Kelvin has been saying, uh, what do we mean by that? And I think that the past year has given us a lot of opportunity to think about what worship is. Um, and it has given us, us, for those of us who are paying attention, um, how much of our church life actually encourages worship. Um, have we done our worship when we've gone to church? Have we done our worship when we meet in small groups? And for all of us who are paying attention, uh, the whole year has made us think about what is the content of our church life and our Christian life. And so when you put it all together, all the different pieces, does it end up with worship, you know? And it's given everybody pause to think, all right, so how are we doing things? And when things started to open up, many of the churches were thinking, okay, so when do we go back? How do we go back? And for a lot of us, it was like they miss being together, miss singing. It's, it's all true. But the big thing I felt that God was doing in the whole year was uh, when everybody was locked in their own houses and couldn't meet in big groups, that in that small expression, however small, whether is it in your own room by yourself, um, was your worship intact. Mm. And if it needed something else, then it, it probably wasn't what the worship that the Lord was looking for. Because worship can get better when there are many people in the room, but it doesn't get worse when it's just you, and it's, it's not insufficient. It's not anemic, you know, when you're you by yourself. And so it was a great opportunity for us to ask, has the activity of the church made it such that the priority of worship has been highlighted to an extent that we are growing in it? And to the extent that the church is about God, then it will be about worship. And then if it's not about God, then it will be something else like Calvin was talking about. And this something else uh, is so insidious sometimes, you know, because, you know, we always want to do it better, we want to do it bigger and uh, use all our excellence, you know. But then the, the most important worship are all the secret things that we do and the Lord is the one who sees it and uh, he's the one who measures it. And so I just wanted to say uh, it's a really, really good way to start talking about actually what's really important uh, with regard to what we're doing nowadays in the church. So, 
Yeah, I think it's important to like understand how we have defined worship, like as individuals, as believers, as as a church as well. And by the way, if if you want to hear Ag's thoughts on what is worship, go go back and listen to <laughs> episode episode one where we actually talked about what what worship is. Um, yeah, but if we've seen worship just just relegated as like this like twenty minute you know, worship set with, with music, then, um, then we have a very limited view of, of what worship is because actually worship demands everything yep. of a believer. It's everything. Good. You know, uh, I mean, we're so thankful for the joy of being able to worship God in the expression with music and, and singing, which is a very important part of like the corporate life of a church. But, but actually worship is, is an entire life of love, devotion, sacrifice, obedience to God, you know? Um, and so when worship is, that being the definition of worship, of course it is the call of the church. Like, cause worship is actually relationship with God, right? And um, yeah, and, 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 and true worship stems from a place where it's not out of obligation, because I think many of us in, us being faithful Singaporeans are uh, very good at doing, getting the job done, you know, but sometimes we have a, uh, a servant mindset as we're doing that. But, but true worship stems from a place where daily I am encountering the beauty of God. You know, I have seen um, a new measure of how holy he is. And as a result of that, every day and every moment I'm making that decision that every, every decision I make, everything that I do um, and and with all the resources I have, how do I respond to the beauty of God in this, and how do I lay down everything? You know, so so yes, I I, I do believe that as a church, um, that um, this is the life source of a, of the church, and this is why it is the priority of of the church. That in everything that we do, we are prioritizing being in the presence of God, beholding his beauty, and, and from that place, wow, that we, we actually come alive. Yeah, and then, and then when, when we are in that place of revival um, and, and seeing the beauty of God, this is when um, we actually find out what, what we're supposed to do as a church because doing should always overflow from being. Mm. So we should know who we are in God first, and we find that through worship, spending time with our Father, um, and in those moments, God actually then gives us our assignment, like, son and daughter, you are called to do this, son and daughter, you're called to do that, yep. you know? And so I, I do think that at times, and I'm guilty of this as well, I think we're all guilty of it as well, where we think about the doing before the being, you know, and, and sometimes as a church, programs and the busyness of that, right? Because technically we can do all those things, you know, and not be worshiping God in a sense, right? Yeah, um, but that's why it's, a, it's an unseen thing, right? It's an, to prioritize worship is an unseen thing. Maybe on the surface, it looks like we're doing a lot of things, but what is the heart posture mm. behind doing all of that? You know, and I think if we can prioritize that right heart posture, whether in seasons God, want us, God wants us to do more or in seasons where God wants us to do less, you know, um, the external activity should always overflow from that posture of worship and the empowerment of the Spirit of God in giving us the 
the the fire of God to do all these to do all these things, Amen. you know. And and I believe this is the way that we don't burn out <laughs> as Christians, <laughs> as well, you know, because there is so much to do. There is so much to do, but we don't have to do all of it. We just have to do what God tells us to do, mm. and we get we we hear what God wants us to do, what what He's telling us to do, when we prioritize worship. Maybe one example from last year, um, the moment Circuit Breaker happened, um, pastors got together and we were praying and one of the things that we decided early on was that uh, we would do everything live uh, as much as possible. Because what we were trying to do was not to reproduce services. What we were trying to do was to maintain worship. And so if you are at home, your worship, the context of your worship is home. And if what was happening on screen was what you couldn't do, then every service you're reminded of what you are not doing, which is gathering in the service. So what we decided early on was we'd rather have one person on the guitar trying to find what it means to worship God from their living room and to bring 200 people along with you on your journey. And then you're a worship leader because we are finding God in our living room and everyone is watching you, and then everyone is following you. And when you find an opening, you know, when you have a revelation of God that this family altar must be intact, this, this living room needs to be a place where we can honor the Spirit of God and honor God, and His presence comes into my living room. Until that time, we were still trying to reproduce the service. But Every one of the worship leaders had an opportunity to say, all right, how are we going to do this? Some people had equipment and they did it first. Some people didn't have and they kind of figured out that you can't run Zoom on Wi-Fi. You need to have a wired connection. You need to audio interface. What's that? Everybody learned, but every single piece of equipment or difficulty became the sacrifice of praise because it was, I, learned, I need to learn technology. I need to learn how to look not awkward on a, on a video screen, but every bit of that was part of the worship. And by the time they were on screen and the family was there, all the whole church and all that was watching them, we were able to enter into a moment together. I feel like if you, you went to a reunion dinner and you said, hey, you know, Akong, whatever, I'm going to send you a video of myself. During the, vi the dinner, you just play my video. La. Then pretend that I'm at the table, you know, laughing at the jokes and all that. So just play the video. And we felt like there's nothing like being there and saying, yes, even if it was, if I want to play a video, FaceTime me there. And if I'm on the screen at the table and I'm laughing at your jokes live, that's real. But if I played you a video of my laugh and you just play appropriately when it's time to laugh, it's not real. And I, we, that was just us. It's just our process when God brought us through and said, how do you be in the moment and find for your community what is worship? Because... God was saying every single household, I'm going to return this altar of worship to your house. Whoever is the head of the household, you are the it. You are the worship leader now. now. There was someone who helped us do it in the past, but now in this time, and everybody is at home, first time in human history and since the Passover in the Bible, right? everybody is at home, like who is the worship leader? And every spiritual head of the household needed to say, I guess it's me then. So we had resources for people to lead worship with, with YouTube, to lead worship you know, with just reading. Some, some people couldn't sing. But there were times where a few services, we didn't even have anybody playing guitar. We said, we meet online, 
and then the next 20 minutes, you're going to have family worship. And everybody in their families just did whatever they could in family, and then they came back 20 minutes later for someone to preach the word. But we were so serious about it to say that this worship isn't what I do, isn't what, it's what you're going to do at home. And then the Lord would be at your house as he is in my house. And he doesn't favor one person's guitar playing, whatever. It's the worship that you bring to him as families. And that was a big formative kind of journey for our whole church. And we started doing that. I mean, we never went to, you know, like recordings or, or just, it was just as live and as real and as raw. So fast forward to now, uh, even though we can go back to church every week, we are still keeping one a month more or less where it's still from someone's home because we are acknowledging that there's a certain percentage of people every Sunday who are worshipping from home. And we want them to know that we are not then prioritising the stage anymore than we are prioritising the home. So someone will lead from home as a person who is representing all those who are at home and the people in the hall are reminded the people at home are not extras. The people at home are part of the congregation. And it's coming from there, it's coming from here. All of it is worship. And it, it must be for the Lord, yeah. Well, I mean, as you were, you were sharing, I just keep hearing the word authenticity. And, and I think, you know, sharing that, that you want to bring the worship back into the homes um, breaks down that whole performance aspect of the services. Um, that, that, you know, it's not the intention, obviously, of the church to have a performance-based service. That's not the intention. Um, but sometimes it can come across that way and, and it can be a very, well... Maybe sometimes it feels a bit distant as, as, a, as a regular uh, churchgoer. Um, but like wait, when you said that, you know, the circuit breaker and, and this, this current uh, situation that we're all in actually brings back the authenticity of worship back into our homes. Um, I mean, as Rice was sharing just now as well, I, I just thought like, I mean, on the way here, I was thinking of the two greatest commandments that Jesus oh says yes. that we need to follow. One is love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. And the second is to love others as yourself. But sometimes the doing, the loving other people overtakes the first one. And I think worship and cultivating worship within our church, within our community or wherever we are, we are a community of believers, um, prioritizes the first one, which is the most important, the first commandment, which is love the Lord God with all your heart, mm. mind, soul, and strength. Then we can love others as we, yeah. Absolutely nothing wrong with all the forms. And I hope that when, if people listen, they were not saying, oh, if you did a recording, oh, no. <laughs> I think the authenticity is in your community and what God is saying. And for some of us, that authenticity that's built from giving God your best in that recording that you recorded, I think the members would receive that and just really feel like this was a, a sacred offering unto the Lord and they were able to enter together. And that is in no way discounting, you know, like, like all the stuff that we do. And it's just that for us in that moment, I think we needed this encounter of dismantling the stage so that we could reconstruct it at home. And uh, I think that the the need, you know, is for <coughs> families to be able to own their own spiritual spiritual altar. And we talk about it a lot, like, you know, the heads of the household, the fathers. If it was really up to you to speak over your children, to pray over them and to lead them in the worship of the Lord, would you think I need to sing a song? You know, lead your family to worship the Lord. Like, what what is that? And for me as a father, I would say, children, come, you know, let's give our attention to him. Let's listen to what he's saying to us in our hearts. 
let's honor him and obey him. We might sing a song, and songs are some of the best ways to let the embodied, you know, mind, body, spirit, you know, do something at the same time. You know, you raise your hand, you sing, and, and, and all that. But then the the worship of the Lord in my household is how we are going to position, and the evidence of the worship is: Are the sisters going to be kind to one another? Are they going to be loving? Are they going to obey mom and dad? Are mom and dad going to love one another and apologize when we are wrong? I think it sets up the entire family for an entire week of being before the Lord because we did come before Him and say, we want to honor you as a household. And so then the week will come and it will be tested and we will come back again next Sunday and say, Lord, we want to honor you. We want to worship you. Let you be the head of this place. I feel that that gets us to authenticity and then it gives us the muscle, the engine for it to become real. I feel this whole period is a beautiful time for us to like reprioritize, right, as a church, to, okay, like, how do I teach my people that, in a sense, like, I don't need to be a crutch, you know, for them, that, that the only way that they have a relationship with God is only every Sunday when they come to church. But how do I now disciple the church to understand that worship and the authenticity of worship first overflows um, in ministry to God himself. And I think that's the most important thing that we have to learn. And, and this is a, you know, something that I've had to grow in as well because sometimes we do, um, we do sometimes make the mistake in that worship is first prioritizing the people. You know? So in the way that we structure our services, in the way that we lead a time of worship, it, you know, sometimes we get it wrong in that all we care about is other people taken care of, other people ministered to. You know, uh, which is nothing wrong with that, you know, and but it's just the priority. Yeah, because the first priority, no, it's actually worship is all about giving your everything to the Lord, you know, and when we minister to, to Him first, I believe that, I mean, He's the one that, you know, out of the fruit of that ministers to everyone in the room, you know, and so I think for um, every individual believer, um, this has been just such a beautiful time for us to ask those questions on like, yeah, like, do I even know how to minister to God? Or have I been so dependent on my church or so dependent on a pastor? And that's very pressurizing for pastors, by the way. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. if, if your whole spiritual health is based on one person. No, yeah. actually, you know, um, the, the ministers, the leaders, the, the pastors, they're, they're here to equip, equip you in, in, in learning to minister to God on your own. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I, I think this period has been um, uh, not only a test, but um, a beautiful way of the Lord actually bringing authentic worship back in the heart of every believer. And so then when we come together now um, with our corporate meetings, you know, it's not being dependent on, you know, someone to lead you into that. But wow, like every single person knows I'm here to worship God. And can you imagine like the move of God when the unity of that and the maturity of every believer walking in that, when that happens? Yeah. Uh, that's such an opportunity for us to see where is the worship life of the church, meaning not the singing, but um, how are we honoring the Lord. And so we were encouraging people uh, to take it seriously that if you were to come to worship, that maybe before you enter the room, you know, that you actually say, Lord, I'm here to worship you. 
um, and then the story that, that we had was um, there'll be these uh, older aunties, you know, from the Cantonese congregation where they would do the same routine. They would wake up, they would bathe, they would put on their makeup, they would wear the same clothing, they would go to church, and then they would sit there and they would watch the YouTube service. And when the younger ones hear that, it's like, what are you doing, you know? Like this old lady, like, like that's the highlight of her week because she gets to come to worship the Lord and she gives her best. And she wears her best and she gives God full attention while watching a video. So it's a challenge for them to say, this thing is so good because it reveals the heart. And not to condemn, but when we get a good, you don't blame the thermometer when you have a fever, right? You know, the thermometer just tells you, hey, there's a problem here. And this whole time was good to say, if your worship isn't what you should be giving, and you think that you're giving this or that, then maybe you should try. So as a community, we absorb the impact and we say, okay, let, let's get better at this. So. We have come to the end of part one of our discussion. We hope your hearts have been stirred and encouraged to worship. Stay tuned for the next episode where we continue the conversation about how we can cultivate a lifestyle of worship in the church and learn to enjoy God again. Also, we love to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or questions from today's episode, leave us a voice message at our anchor page or comment on the Instagram post for this episode. Thank you for joining us and see you next time for Worship Conversations.